Hello, and welcome to Cauldron Cakes and Wine. My name is Polly, and this week I'm going to be talking about fan fiction. So get excited. Just a reminder that this podcast is explicit, meaning I sometimes swear or talk about sensitive subject matters. Be sure to check the show notes for any content warnings. Also, be sure to check us out on social media. You can find all of our social media linked on our website, cauldroncakesandwine.com. Normally, I would give a spoiler warning here, but I do not think I'm going to have any spoilers for this episode because it's a little bit different. It's a special episode. As I mentioned before, I am going to be talking about fan fiction, so buckle up. (laughs) As some of you may know, I made a very bold claim that I was going to make a YouTube channel, but I figured out very quickly that I hated everything about the idea of filming myself while talking, so... (laughs) I decided not to do that, Um, but I thought while I was trying to make that happen, I did make an entire framework for an episode that was going to be called um, An Oral History of Fan Fiction, and when I decided I wasn't going to make the YouTube channel anymore, I was really disappointed that I wasn't going to get to use this content, so I've decided to give it to you guys as a special episode, so I hope you enjoy that. I'm very excited that I'm going to be talking about my one true love, my oldest love, and, you know, the only love that's ever remained in my life. Um, Yeah, fan fiction. Great job. So a little bit about me is I'm a millennial. Deal with it. I wear skinny jeans. Deal with it. But that also means that I've had a long and passionate affair with fan fiction. Um, I did tap in and out a little bit over time. But I'm now back, baby. (laughs) Uh, This also means that I got to watch sort of the birth and evolution of fan fiction on the internet, which is a really cool thing to get to experience. I'm going to do a bit of a deep dive into fan fiction, but please keep in mind that this is limited to my experience with fan fiction. So I will be sure to talk about my limitations that I have when it comes to interacting with this content. So I'm going to start off by saying my history with fan fiction. I entered the world of fan fiction back when I was a teenager. I loved Lord of the Rings, but I wasn't really interacting with fan fiction content online yet. So what I would do is I had this friend who was also really into Lord of the Rings and her and I had this notebook and we would pass it back and forth and I would write one chapter and she would write the next. We were both OCs and we were hobbits and I'm sure it was horrible, but I would literally sell an organ to have a copy of that notebook to read it right now. (laughs) Anyways, we didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know that it had a name. We just did it because... We were just super fucking into this thing. So I think when we talk about fan fiction probably having always existed, this is a really easy point to it because I had never heard of fan fiction. I'd never seen it, neither had my friend, but we started doing this. But then I entered the world of fan fiction for real, for realsies, by going on fanfiction.net. I solely read Harry Potter fan fiction. I didn't have a specific genre. I just needed to read more Harry Potter content. And that was what drove me to be on those sites. I read a bit of it in university. I was into Doctor Who, so I would read Doctor Who fan fiction sometimes. And then I dropped off. I missed Wattpad. I missed the start of Archive of Our Own. I know a bit about Archive of Our Own, but I completely missed the rise of Wattpad. 
I also am now only reading Harry Potter fan fiction, so my knowledge is about that specific type of fan fiction. What kind of fan fiction do I read? Well, that's a pretty personal question. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a vague answer, but just a little bit of a peek into what I read. I mostly read fluff. I read Marauder's Era, pretty much any pairing. I'm an adult, so I prefer to read them out of school and always fluff cutesy romance stuff. I have never been one for smut. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know 100% that I constantly struggle with hating this kind of content. Like, I want to read books that are made for adults, but I want it to not have smut in it, which, you know, it's not, that doesn't happen a lot. Even Akatar, I had to skip like huge sections of or just like skim through the sex parts. I just hate it. I don't I don't like it. So is fan fiction a new thing? I did a Google. I refuse to do real real actual research on this. And let's be real, what does that even look like for a topic like this? Well, let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like Wikipedia pages and broken hyperlinks on websites with lots of pop-ups. Like all good internet historians, I tried my best, but you will have to just accept a bit of uncertainty. I highly suspect that fan fiction has probably been around as long as stories have been around. Fans will always want to extend their favorite works of fiction past the pages that they exist on. Apparently, Sherlock Holmes had unauthorized stories written about it, and there were even Jane Austen fan fictions in quotations. I read an article about fan fiction in the 1700s, Gulliver's Travels, published in 1726 by Jonathan Swift, had many fan fictions written about it. These fan fictions were typically more sexual in nature than the original book and explored social taboos and sexuality, not unlike fan fiction that is written in the more current day. According to more than one article I read, Star Trek had a pretty large and notable fan fiction boom that happened in the 60s. Fans would write zines with fan content extending the universe, and they would circulate their fan content at conventions. A lot of articles that I've read attribute Star Trek to being sort of the birth of fan fiction, and in a way, that does seem to be the sort of start of fan fiction becoming what it is today. This is probably because this was the start of fandom starting to really take shape. Maybe that's too broad of a statement for me to make considering I wasn't a part of this fandom, I wasn't even alive when this was happening, but it does seem to be that this was starting to happen because this was a really popular fandom. Let let me know, like send me a DM, let me know if you know anything about this. All I'm trying to say is that from what I was reading, it seems like Star Trek was super important to creating a structure for fan culture from everything that I've read. Of course, everything I've read is on sites that look like they haven't been updated since 1999, but let's move on. Not going to stay too long on that subject. (laughs) Naturally, in the early days of the internet, sites began to pop up, but it was sort of more specific to the fandom that you wanted to read about. Most of the sites don't exist anymore, but I did find some funny screenshots of things that have been archived. Honestly, I was wondering how one went about finding a specific site. I mean, I guess you could like ask Jeeves. (laughs) 
<laughs> Does anyone remember that? Do you remember that site? <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're going to move on. The Harry Potter of it all. I may have tunnel vision because the only fan fiction that I really read, well, I mean, I've read other fan fictions from other, but the one that I've spent the most time on is Harry Potter. But I think that Harry Potter changed the game when it came to fan fiction. The Harry Potter fandom redefined fan fiction and continues to lead the way. I really don't think that I'm wrong in saying this, though, because when you go on most fan fiction websites and you look up the number of Harry Potter fan fictions there are compared to any other, it's, there's a massive difference in numbers. I'm not going to get into it. If you don't believe me, you can just go and look for yourself. Obviously, anime and manga played a really big role as well, and I'm not going to deny that. But it's undeniable that Harry Potter fanfiction is huge. And it plays a huge role in why fanfiction is so widely popular in North American audiences today. I wonder what it is about the Harry Potter universe that captivates so many people and creates this huge desire to pull it out of the pages of the book. To create complex headcanons that are widely accepted that have absolutely no connection to the original printed text. You only have to look as far as the Marauders to see this really in action. There are widely accepted facts among Harry Potter fans about the Marauders that J.K. Rowling had no part in creating and actually is actively said are not true. She's like, that's not true. That's not canon. But we still keep going and we're like, nope, this is it. The characters of the Marauders have completely evolved over the past decades. I don't want to dwell on this too much because I think that this is like almost its own separate topic that could be talked about for like an hour, but I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's it's a really cool and really important like part of this conversation and I think that it's a really great example of what I'm talking about. I really want a deep dive into the question of who is actually the author of Harry Potter based on current beliefs because during my reread I found many instances where I was like, "Oh, that's not what people widely believe anymore. Book Snape and Draco are great examples of this. If you've been listening to my podcast on Harry Potter, I talk about it at great length. The Slytherin and Hufflepuff houses are another great example of that. On paper, they're not the same as what people really view them as now. Published fan fiction. Okay. On most accounts, published fan fiction is unhinged. So with that said, moving on, <laughs> I think that it would be unfair to credit Harry Potter to the rise in interest people have in fan fiction. It's important to note that there are some actual published fan fictions, which I think help put fan fiction on the map. Now, both the things that I'm going to mention are widely hated and critiqued with, within pop culture, or at least within their own fandoms, but it's important to mention because it clearly helped make fanfiction more visible. Obviously, I am talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fanfiction that was written to have a little bit more spice, if you know what I mean. I've never read this book, uh, but it was highly criticized by the BDSM community, and people are just, you know, people who are genuinely just consent-informed read those books and were a little bit horrified by it. Some of the stuff in those books is apparently pretty shocking, 
while we can sit here and trash it all we want, it became its own phenomenon. It became its own franchise and it captivated the general public for whatever reason. I remember at the time you couldn't walk into a La Senza or, you know, Victoria's Secret without seeing like masquerade masks and whips and like it it had a profound effect on us for the period of time that it was popular and I think that a lot of people realized that this was a fan fiction of Twilight and that made people curious about the genre of fan fiction. The second one I'm going to talk about is The Cursed Child. Now, this is not an official fan fiction in the way that I kind of talked about with Fifty Shades of Grey that was created solely as a Twilight fan fiction and then was adapted into the book. But in the case of The Cursed Child, it was a book a play that was then published as a book as well that you know it pulled from the existing content um, from Harry Potter and created a story based off of that it extended the world of Harry Potter into a play this book covers Harry and his son and it like a bunch of stupid stuff happens now the cursed child may not be an actual piece of fan fiction but is widely accepted by fans that it is one or at least that it's written like one J.K. Rowling actually gave this play her blessing and called it canon, but it's pretty consistently being debated online still now if it's canon. Um, And a lot of fans really take issue with this book. They do not like it. It has some pretty glaring issues in my opinion, and I personally don't consider it to be canon. I just find that the established characters don't act in a way that is consistent with their characters development in the original source material. But hey, J.K. Rowling has made some pretty outlandish claims about the Wizarding World since the books originated, so why does it really matter if she's decided that it's going to be canon or not? Honestly, just decide for yourself. If we're going to go off of what she says, well, wizards apparently poop wherever they want and then magic it away. So are we really going to continue to listen to this woman? I don't think so. I'm going to talk about three other books as well now. These ones are not traditionally fan fiction in the same way that these kind of would have been considered. Now that I've talked about two types of fan fiction that I think put fan fiction more on the map for people and got people starting to talk about fan fiction more publicly, I'm going to talk about three books that I believe are fan fiction, but weren't necessarily talked about that way and they didn't gain their popularity or notoriety because of being a fan fiction. The first one I want to talk about is uh, The Song of Achilles. This is a retelling of the Iliad and I do a full deep dive, a whole episode on this book, so if you're interested in that, go and read it. But this book is really beautifully written. It is so heartbreaking and it really explores a current existing story in a new way and I think that this is you know it's basically just fan fiction it's a retelling of a story to add queer characters into it what is what is fan fiction if not that the second two books I'm going to talk about are part of the Twilight franchise we have Life and Death Twilight Reimagined, which was done for the 10th anniversary of Twilight, and then we have Midnight Sun, which is done for the 20th anniversary. Now, these books are just retellings of the first 
Twilight book. So Life and Death is a gender-swapped version of the first Twilight book, and Midnight Sun is the first Twilight book from Edward's perspective. And what's interesting about this is that this is essentially just Stephanie Meyer writing fan fiction of her own work. Even these concepts, the concept of swapping the genders, the concept of like the first book from a different perspective, it's a very fan fiction thing to do. So I found that really interesting. And while I take a lot of issues with Stephanie Meyer's writing and I like to snark on it a lot, it is notable and interesting to see this happening in published work from not only just like a published book about this, but this was from a traditional publishing source. So it's very interesting that this happened. It's also important to note that the Fifty Shades of Grey series also did a, uh, not a gender swapped one. It was the, from, what's, what's the guy's name? Grey? Christian Grey. It's the first book from Christian Grey's perspective, which was another like big fuck you to Stephanie Meyer because she hadn't even put Midnight Sun out yet. Midnight Sun had been leaked and then they put this out. Like they, people knew that Stephanie Meyer was making this book with this concept. And then, so the, the series, the franchise that already ripped off your story and came from a fan fiction of your work, then stole the concept of that. Uh, it, I feel bad for her. Like, honestly, she couldn't catch a break when it came to Midnight Sun. And while it's not exactly like, ooh, this is some revolutionary concept that Stephanie Meyer gets to gatekeep, it it, it is just a little bit shitty that the entire franchise that only existed because of Stephanie Meyer also did something to contribute to discouraging her from writing a book that she was genuinely excited about. So, you know, this is turning into Stephanie Meyer's Sympathizers podcast. Oh, dear God. We're going to carry on. My next question about fan fiction was, is it even legal? And I'm going to start by making this very clear that I'm not a lawyer. I'm also Canadian, so I don't know the laws um, in other places, like in the States or the UK, but it seriously seems like fan fiction is not legal. I watched a TikTok of a lawyer basically explaining that fan fiction is not legal and the disclaimers that people put on them, uh, because you know, when you make fan fiction, it was I, I don't see it as much anymore, but it was very popular for a long time to be like, disclaimer, I don't own this world. I don't own anything to do with it. Please don't sue me, basically. But apparently the disclaimers that people put on it, um, that doesn't really do anything or mean anything in a legal sense. I couldn't find the TikTok to go back and watch it. But basically, from what I remember, it does really seem like it doesn't fall under fair use laws. I honestly, I'm not going to talk about this long because like I said, I am not a lawyer and legal things kind of get confusing in my brain. However, like I said, it doesn't seem legal, but it doesn't seem that despite it not being legal that people really ever go after anybody creating fan fiction. I guess it's just too difficult. There's just too much of it, but they never seem to go after the sites that host it either, which leads me to think that... I think that if you go after fan fiction or the sites that are hosting it, then it kind of harms your fans' opinions of you. Because if you go after these people in a legal sense, you're basically saying, fuck you, don't interact with my work. It 
is actually beneficial to have fan-created content of all kind. It builds your fandom and allowing it to exist in a tangible way on the internet is really important to the culture of your fandom. It allows for discussion and exploration of the universe and the characters. But I also think that there's just too much of it. There just is. There's so much of it. You either needed to stop this right away at like the birth of fan fiction on the internet or you needed to leave it alone. That being said, there are some authors who hate fan fiction. There are some authors who have famously spoken out against fan fiction for one reason or another. George R. Martin, the author of Game of Thrones, said, I don't think it's a good way to train to be a professional writer when you're borrowing someone else's world and characters. That's like riding a bike with training wheels. And then when I took the training wheels off, I fell over a lot. But at some point, you have to take the training wheels off here. You have to invent your own characters. You have to do your own world building. Which, if we're going to compare fan fiction to training wheels, I'm sure that's the point of training wheels, is to train. So yes, eventually you have to write your own things if you want to be a writer, but I think it's a good way to practice before you have to create bigger, more complex worlds and character arcs. He's literally just saying this isn't good, a good way to practice, and then compares it to a good way to practice something. Also, like, not necessarily true, right? Because like I mentioned, the Songs of Achilles and Fifty Shades of Grey are established works that did really well and all they did was use somebody else's world. Orson Scott Card, the author of Ender's Game, said, The time to write fanfiction is never. He claimed that writing stories with his characters is morally identical to moving into my house without invitation and throwing out my family. He did, however, eventually backtrack on this and said every piece of fanfiction is an ad for my book. What kind of idiot would I be to want that to disappear? Which honestly, I think is a pretty natural progression, really. At first, as an author, you would probably be a bit protective of your work, but ultimately, it, it, it is the best ad. Like I said, you're allowing your fans to create a culture and a community around your piece of work. Anne Rice is the author of Interview with a Vampire, and she said, I do not allow fanfiction. The characters are copyrighted. It upsets me terribly to even think about fanfiction with my characters. I advise my readers to write your own original stories with your own characters. It is absolutely essential that you respect my wishes. Which, while I think is stupid, like I said before, I can understand being protective of your work and your characters, and you worked very hard on this piece of media, and I, I can't really fault you if you are personally hurt by that, and you're hurt by the things that people do with your characters. Okay, now we're going to go over some popular places that fanfiction lives on the internet, <laughs> starting with the hellscape that is fanfiction.net. This website was founded in 1998 and honestly looks like they have not updated it once since then. Honestly, if you're newer to fanfiction and you don't realize why fanfiction websites have a reputation for being bizarre or shitty, I would honestly suggest going on to fanfiction.net, going back to 2007 and reading some of the stuff that was there. This site, while I know had rules felt like it had no rules. 
authors would frequently not tag their work and there was very little way of sorting anything. The most popular type of fanfiction on this site is Harry Potter fanfiction, followed by Naruto and Twilight. Back in the day, you had to lie and say you were 18 in order to register for the site, but since then, the age has been lowered. Unlike other fanfiction sites at the time, fanfiction.net covered many different fandoms. That's what kind of made it set apart. The other ones at the time would be just dedicated to just one fandom, which I kind of mentioned earlier. The site does not pay content creators or charge money to post on their website. It's run off of advertisements, which is pretty funny to think about. Imagine you're paying to advertise on this site. I don't know why, but I just think that would be so funny. Like what brand is like, yeah, you know what? Fanfiction.net, that is it. We gotta, we gotta get our ads on there. The site had some policy changes over time. Certain authors won't allow you to write fanfiction, so they don't allow works from those authors. They also stopped allowing you to write stories based off of celebrities in the early 2000s, which is honestly for the best. That seems kind of fucked up to me. I think if I were a real person, and I mean, I am a real person, but let's say I was a famous real person, and there was a bunch of teens writing sexually explicit content about me, I would be really fucking uncomfortable. They also banned songs from fanfiction, potentially because of the, like, copywriting of lyrics. That being said, though, like, a lot of stuff on this website feels like it's just the honor system. I don't know if anyone's ever getting caught for breaking these rules. We can't talk about fandom without talking about Tumblr. Not going to talk about it for long, but I am going to make a bold statement. Tumblr is one of the most influential websites to the creation of internet culture. I would love to just talk about Tumblr on its own, but I don't know that it really fits here, Um, especially not in this episode. Maybe I'll do a special episode on fandom on Tumblr, but I don't know if I'll have enough to say. I'll think about it. I make no promises. While I think that it's undeniable that Tumblr helped create internet culture as a whole, it also helped shape the face of fandom on the internet. There's a lot of fanfiction content buried on that pit of a website. There's not a classification system and it's not easy to find though. It just kind of exists on people's blogs. The Wattpad of it all. What the fuck is Wattpad? I honestly have never used this site. Its rise happened during a time that I wasn't really reading fanfiction. My entire perception of this website is strictly what I see people on TikTok say about it, and most of the videos skew to talk more negatively about it. This could mean that Wattpad is unpopular now, or it could just be the algorithm thinks that I would like AO3 better for some reason. It does, however, seem that there's a long-standing battle between AO3 and Wattpad. It seems to be widely believed that the content on AO3 is better written than Wattpad. That's just what I keep seeing over and over again. Please don't come for me if that is not the case. I, I don't know, okay? That is not my personal opinion. I do not have an opinion on this. That is just what I have seen over and over again from other people. 
from the videos that I've seen, there's some kind of monetization to Wattpad and people feel that fan fiction shouldn't be monetized. I think that there are ads and you can pay for a premium account to get rid of them. This rubbed people the wrong way. There are also paid books. Honestly, as a millennial, this feels like the youth are fighting and I have no clue what the fuck they're fighting about. I'm just happy to be here reading fan fiction, guys. <laughs> I think Wattpad had a rise to popularity due to One Direction fans and Harry Styles fanfiction. Listen, I was fully an adult by the time One Direction came around. No judgment. I'm not here to yuck on anyone's yum. I just don't know what I'm talking about, and we're going to move on. Up next, we have Archive of Our Own, or AO3. This is a not-for-profit fanfiction website. This site is pretty well organized and curated. Basically, there was a site in 2007 called Fanlib, and the goal of that site was to monetize fanfiction. Many of the authors of fanfiction are women, and this site was run by men, so this entire thing gained some criticism and was basically people were feeling icky all around. This led to the creation of a not-for-profit called Organization for Transformative Works. The idea was to archive fandom and fan creation. They basically created Archive of Our Own in October of 2008. This name was inspired by the title of the book A Room of Our Own by Virginia Woolf, which is a fabulous book. You should go and read it. AO3 has around 700 volunteers who work for them. By around 2012, Archive of Our Own became a huge name in the fanfiction community. Time Magazine listed Archive of Our Own as one of the 50 best websites in 2013. This website is truly impressive in ways that I find interesting. Maybe other people wouldn't. It's fan-created, fan-funded, and fan-run, and I think it's so cool to see a website archiving parts of internet history. I think that a lot of things get lost, and sites that archive this kind of stuff are really interesting because when the internet was new and frankly terrifying all of these things happened on sites that largely weren't documented and lived solely in the brains of millennials so i think that it's really cool to see some things that are preserved okay so now that we've talked about what fan fiction is we know where fan fiction lives and we don't know if it's legal or not but we think that it might not be <laughs> What do people think about fanfiction? Well, to be totally honest, public perception of fanfiction has changed drastically over the years. When I was a teenager, you did not tell people that you wrote fanfiction or read it. You just didn't. You would tell your like one nerdy friend and that's it. It was not something that was cool at all. Now there are people with their full faces just getting up on video. I mean, even just like me sitting here completely admitting to reading fan fiction and admitting to loving it. I'm going to be fully honest about my opinion here, and I think that this has to do with a shift in the content that is being written. If you were around in the early days of the internet, you will remember that things were not curated. They were not eloquent. People were not making long video essays on things. They were not making content that was consumable. We were just watching Salad Fingers and Two Girls, One Cup. There was a high premium on things being random and quirky, so fanfiction was no different. Yes, there might have been some good fanfiction here and there, 
Mostly, it was just to fill a void between Harry Potter books coming out. It may have been a way of exploring possible endings for the book, but ultimately, it was also just people wanting to put weird shit across your parents' desktop computer. Now you can get long-form fanfictions that can be really interesting character explorations, and they will sometimes even shape fans' view of canon for these characters, like I mentioned with the Marauders. I'm going to articulate this last point through showing you an example of two famous fanfictions that are completely different ends of the spectrum that I'm going to talk about. The two fanfictions that I'm referring to will not be a surprise to you if you are into Harry Potter fanfiction. They are My Immortal and All the Young Dudes. My Immortal is a fanfiction that was published between 2006 and 2007 on fanfiction.net. This fanfiction enraged and elated fanfiction readers at the same time. It is unsure if this fanfiction was meant as satire or if it was legitimately being written by somebody who spoke this way. <laughs> it was written by someone with the username XXXBloodyWrists666XX otherwise known as Tara. Many people have claimed to be her, but the internet has proven that they weren't, and we still don't know who she is. I will read you the first couple sentences. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. A lot of preps stare at me. I put my middle finger up at them. This fanfiction is written solely in early 2000s internet slang and it is there are author's notes in random spots it it is truly an experience to read it transports you back to a different time <laughs> so you can see why someone might think that this was written as satire but to be completely honest this was how emo teenage girls at the time talked on the internet i am not joking this is how me and my friends spoke to each other on MSN every single day. That being said, though, you can tell as a story, this is very hard to read and hard to take seriously. There is crazy exposition of the most ridiculous things, and like I said, there are author's notes in the middle of paragraphs. For all intents and purposes, it is bad. But I fucking love it. But this is an example of what was happening in fanfiction at the time. So you can understand why people wouldn't take fanfiction seriously and think that it is a well-written art form. The second one is All the Young Dudes. This is a Marauders-era fanfiction that is really popular. From what I read, it was written in 2017. This fanfiction is written by the author Ms. King Bean 89 This author has never come forward to say their identity, and honestly, if you are looking for her, stop. She doesn't want to be found, and you can't just throw her to the wolves like that. You need to respect that she doesn't want to be found. Fans on TikTok say that it was probably Taylor Swift who actually was the author. Yes, they actually say that. Pretty sure it's a joke most of the time, but every so often I come across a comment and I'm like, is this a joke? I think this person might actually think this. Uh, yikes. <laughs> I have an entire episode of this podcast on all the young dudes. Go and listen to it. It's actually our most listened to podcast episode, and I've heard feedback from it that people liked it. So go and check it out. 
The cliff notes on All the Young Dudes is that it's a very well-written character exploration of the Marauders, focusing mostly on Sirius and Remus Lupin's relationship from Hogwarts through the war and into the Golden Trio era. I have physically printed copies of this because I am a nerd. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. That's that's another trend in uh, fan fiction right now is people are printing their copies of fan fiction of ones they really like. Um, the company that I printed my copies of All the Young Dudes with has now since said they won't do it anymore because of uh, copyright infringement issues. They don't want to get sued, which makes sense because they're making money off of something that's being printed with the intellectual copy copyrights of Harry Potter. But I've watched a lot of really cool TikTok tutorials on how to do book binding processes. So you can like print off the books and bind the copy of the book yourself, which I think I really want to try and do. I In university, I went to an art school and I took a book binding class. So it's something I've actually done before. So I want to give it a try. Okay, so final thoughts. I'm going to close this video off by saying that I really do believe that fan fiction has always existed and will always exist. I love reading this and I love getting to watch this fascinating world of fan fiction evolve and grow over time. I've had a lot of fun talking about this and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, or feelings on anything I've said in this episode, you can go to my Instagram, or you can email me at cauldroncakesandwine at gmail.com. You can find all of our social media linked on our website, cauldroncakesandwine.com. And with that, I wish you guys a good day, afternoon, or evening. <laughs> Bye.